0: thank you awesome please be seated i discovered a long time ago the oops factor the oops factor is when the devil tries to throw the book at you he always goes one step too far and then goes oops shouldn't have done that and the church wins friends the church is the answer to the world And while I don't want to be political in any way, uh, praying in Australia for this election that's just taken place, the media with fake news, the media telling lies, very anti the church. And they had prophesied the future. One man uh, bet a million dollars that uh, the Labor Party would win. So he's not very happy this morning. I hope someone's invited him to church. But um, the reason I say all that is I believe in prophecy. And I believe that when God speaks, it comes to pass. And as I look over my life, one of the things that's helped me go through some of the deepest waters is knowing that God is a God that keeps His promises. And He's kept His promises to me over 40 years that I look back and go, wow, wow, wow. And when the devil tried to throw the book at our family, for a moment there, it felt like it all fell apart. But you see, it's the oops factor. The devil oversteps his mark and Jesus comes out shining. And so I'm grateful for Jesus today. I'm grateful for all that he's doing in his church. And I want to prophesy again. It says in First Thessalonians chapter 5, Do not despise prophecy, but test every word. And we need to test things. And I want to prophesy and time will tell, but I believe it's time for rain. I believe it's time for the rain of heaven to come and the best for our nations are ahead of us. And sometimes things get worse before they get better. Uh, And, uh, you know, in our nation, God gets ridiculed all the time through the media and right across the board. And God has this way of just putting in our nation right now a uh, Holy Spirit filled Prime Minister who loves Jesus, goes to a Pentecostal church every Sunday when he can. And so we're seeing great days. And uh, for lack of time, I'll get into it. But it was a few years ago when our son Michael was going through some major challenges in his life. And someone said to me, why don't we call a prayer meeting? Why don't we do a church unlimited thing? I could say, let's call a prayer meeting uh, to get people together just to pray for our city, not just to pray for Michael, but to pray for every broken person in our city and for revival. And one of my friends said, I'm just going to send out a text and I'm going to ask people to come out and meet us in Rymel Park. Rymel Park is right in the center of the city. At nine o'clock tonight, whoever gets this tweet, uh, sorry, this uh, text message will just come out and pray. And so I said, let's do it. And about eight o'clock, I drove into the city and it started to pour rain. And it was pouring rain and I thought, nobody's going to come out to pray. I got into the park and the park, the road is here and the park was sort of further down. So you had to walk down the road into the park. It was at a lower level and I was standing under this rotunda watching the rain pour. And then all of a sudden, an army of people just started marching down the hill. I just started crying. It's this army of people who just started marching down the hill. Most of them young people, but not all young people. i just young at heart, but a lot of young people. It was literally hundreds in the rain. And I stood there and I said, God, show me a picture. Show me what this is. He said, a new Elisha emerging generation, an emerging Elisha generation <laughs> is going to rise up. And I thought, wow, that's exciting, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that is. And so I went home And that night I started just reading the story of Elijah and Elisha. Because I believe that God has raised up Elijah fathers to release an Elisha generation. And I think we're represented of that here in this incredible house. That some of us are called to be fathers and grandfathers in the faith. And and, and when I I look at the life of Elijah first, very, very quickly, in 1 Kings 17, when there's rain about to come on the land, sorry, a drought is about to come on the land, God speaks to Elijah and says, go and hide yourself. Go and hide yourself in First Kings seventeen. I want to just take this opportunity to thank this church for having leadership that knows to go, how to go and hide themselves, how to go and hide themselves in prayer, how to go to your own personal brook where you can see God provide for you in private, what one day is going to be released in public. And so, what happens is, is go and hide yourself. But in First Kings chapter 19, he then says, now go and show yourself to King Ahab. And he says, how long will you waver between two opinions? Remember when he stands on that mountain. And I just felt this morning as I, as I got up this morning that uh, if we want a double portion, we've got to have a single vision. If we want a double portion, we've got to have a single focus. How long will you waver between two opinions? If God is God, then let's follow him. If he's not God, then let's go and buy a fish shop somewhere and sell fish and chips. But let me tell you, if God is God, then let's follow him. And so Elijah creates a pattern so Elisha can set people free. And I believe God is raising dads right now and mums that can set the pattern right so that an Elisha generation can rise up and set people free. And so we see in 1 Kings 19, 21, so Elisha returned to his uh, Returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the word, so the wood, from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate, and then he went with Elijah as his, as his assistant. He killed the cow. He burnt the plow. And then they had a luau. And so, you know, that's what happened when Elisha went home. And uh, I wrote that last night in the middle of the night. So uh, it's a bit corny. But anyway, you know, uh, I thought it, sort of, sort of, it was sort of okay. And, uh, and so I realized as I, back then when I started to study this thing, that I realized that Elijah is a type of John the Baptist and Elisha is a type of Christ. And so we need someone to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. And I believe there's an Elijah generation, a parenting generation that is willing to stand up and say, we've got to get back to the pattern. How long will we waver between two opinions? But he doesn't do that to be arrogant. He wants to put something in place so that the future generation can see people set free. And so Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah. And so as I look at this Elisha anointing, it's not just an age thing, it's a heart thing and as I look at this Elisha anointing I see three things about Elisha and then I'm going to talk to you about the spirit of the Elisha generation for a couple of minutes but number one he served well he wore his first jacket well there are two jackets mentioned here one was the jacket that was thrown on Elisha to become Elijah's servant and the other one was the one that was dropped when Elijah went to heaven And he had to stoop down and pick it up, which was leadership. And if we want to have good leadership, we've got to have good servanthood. You can't have leadership without servanthood. And Elisha wore his first jacket really well because he gave up a prominent position in the family business to go and serve one man. And I want to tell you, there's a lot that happens in obscurity that a new generation doesn't realise sometimes. It's not all about platforms. It's not about opportunity that comes up. It's about serving in the private place like Elijah did at the brook where no one was looking. You see, if God can provide in times of drought, you can stand up then in the crowd and say, come on, if God is God, let's follow Him. And so he served well. He wore his first jacket well, number one. Number two, he severed his links with the past. He went home, he burnt the plow, he killed the cow, and they did have the luau, and got rid of plan B. If we want to serve Jesus, and if we want Elisha's generation, we can't have plan Bs. We can't put the plow in the shed. See, Elisha could have said, well, we'll try this. I'll give it a go, and then if it doesn't work out, I've still got the plow in the shed. I can go back to what used to work. And I want to tell you, God is looking for a people that can take risks that flow from revelation. We will pray this nation into revival no matter what happens. And we are not going to have a plan B because we are going to sever our links with the past. We're going to serve well and we're going to stay focused as the third one. He was so determined to follow Elijah that he went everywhere. And you know the story. Many of you do. Some of you might not. But he just followed his leader wherever he went. He watered his hands, the Bible says. And I want to tell you, the greatest, I think, key for God opening doors for me, I'm not a, a very educated person. I don't come from a university degree. I served clothes in a menswear store. I never felt that God would ever put me on a platform. My wife married me knowing that I would never be a preacher because she she's one of 10 children. Her brothers were preachers. And she goes, I never want to marry a preacher. So she married a menswear salesman and then God makes him a preacher. So how's that? And so, and so the greatest key for me I served another man for 21 years. I served a man called Andrew Evans, who became the leader of the Assemblies of God in Australia. At one stage, we were the largest church in the country, and I had no idea. One day, they ran out of drummers, and uh, we were having this big, big crusade. It was the opening of a new building, and no drummer. And pastor looked at me and says, can you play the drums? I said, yeah, according to the scriptures. Never let your hand, left hand know what your right hand's doing. But anyway, <laughs> I'm left-handed. And I'm playing a left handed drum kit with with left handed. I'm not even crossing over. And I said, Look, I can play the 4 4 beat in those days. That's all you needed because all the choruses were in 4 4 beat, (laughs) you know. And I had to learn to play that beat to get into the music class at school. And so I was playing trumpet at school. I'm still blowing my trumpet now, but, you know, (laughs) uh, um, but it was this one lesson on drums. And I became the drummer of the church for 12 years. And God taught me how to play drums. And I could feel the anointing when, And drummers would look at me playing. i go, how does he get that out of that? God is an expert at just taking things that we don't think work and makes them work. But I served that man for 21 years and I was sent, not went. When he sent me to start Edge Church, I didn't went, I was sent. Because when, when you went, you'll have ability. But when you're sent, you have authority. And I had godly authority on me because another man sent me. And that's why I love this story of Elisha serving another man so well. And so as I began to study this, I'll move on now. This is what I saw as a picture of an Elisha generation. So they're the three things Elisha did. Let me show you what the Elisha generation really looks like. Number one, it paves a way for a new generation. It says, Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up, Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, Where is the God of Elijah? And I want to tell you, each generation has to pave a new way, has to make way in the river for a new generation to walk across. And so I believe there's a responsibility on baby boomers, there's a a responsibility on those of us that are a little older to stay on fire for God and to make sure that we drop a cloak that a new generation can pick up and they can go to the River Jordan and they can strike their River Jordan and open up miracles for a new generation. I could stand here today and tell you of the miracles of how God called me supernaturally. I could tell you the miracles that have happened all through my life, even in the midst of pain. I could go on, but it's no point just telling my story. Everybody has to have their story, and there's a new story coming for a new generation as I hear the sound of rain (laughs) coming where we pave the way for a new generation. Each new generation must find a fresh God's purpose, God's power and God's provision. We need supernatural provision. We need God to do miracles that cannot be denied. I've got non-Christian leaders. I am friends with the leader of our our city, the premier is in Adelaide, who's the governor of Adelaide, is also now a believing, has been an Anglican believing in God person. Now we've got the Prime Minister as a spirit filled. I believe there's something happening, but we've got those relationships because miracles have happened in our city that the community cannot deny. And I want to tell you, miracles are going to come out of this house. They have been, but there's more. Those prayers that you're doing in Christchurch, I want to tell you, they're not just a nice prayer meeting. You're breaking open something so a new generation, an Elisha generation, steps in purpose, power, and provision. But listen to this. The second thing the Elisha generation is going to do, and this touches my heart, is purify polluted things. It says in chapter 2, verse 19, That the leaders of Jericho visit Elisha and tell him our town is surrounded in pleasant surroundings, but the water is bad. Elisha asks for salt. Remember we meant to be the salt of the earth, not just the salt of the church. The light of the world, not just the light of the church. And he asks for salt in a new bowl. And he goes out to the spring that supplied water to the town. And as he throws the water in, the water is purified and God said to me the gospel has become polluted and in our western world anybody's a Christian I was watching a program just the other night a documentary uh, about the Pentecostal church in Australia and this lady was interviewed who goes to church and a very well-known contemporary church she goes I've been going for three years and I love it it's just like going to a concert And they said, well, how do you feel about, you know, the gay marriage? Oh, that's not a problem. God doesn't have a problem with that. I'm a bisexual. I I go with men and women. And she's saying this on the documentary, but I love Jesus. And you think the gospel's become polluted. And people no longer have clarity. And, and the Bible says that the, the, the gospel is refreshing. And, and it's like a river of refreshing that comes. But the water has become polluted. If you go over to chapter 4, it talks about the stew that was made. That The, the school of the prophets, Elisha said, make some stew so we can all have lunch. And, and, and the guy that goes out to the paddocks or out to the fields, he gets all these herbs that are poisonous. Do you know how many people are leading churches today that are going anywhere they can to grab stuff that they think is going to feed them and they get poisoned without even realizing they they're getting poisoned. But Elisha turns around and says, give me some flour and he gets flour and he throws it into the pot of the stew and he thickens the stew and then it comes good again so they can eat it. And And the Lord said to me, you know, flour thickens things. The gospel has lost its substance. It hasn't been fulfilling for churchians. And I believe the Elisha, Elisha generation and they're going to put the flour in the stew and they're going to put the salt in the water and we're going to see the gospel drinkable again and we're going to see the gospel edible again because God is going to bring clarity through an emerging Elisha generation. I want to be part of that. Do you want to be part of that? Number three, he puts an end to childish behavior. In 2 Kings chapter 2.23, Elisha left Jericho and went to Bethel. And as he was walking along the road, a group of boys from the town began mocking and making fun of him. Go away, Baldy. That really, really makes me really feel hurt. But anyway, <laughs> go away, Baldy, they chanted. Go away, Baldy. And Elisha turned around and looked at them and he cursed them in the name of the Lord. And then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. I well, think, gee that's a pretty scary piece of scripture. And I said, Lord, what does that mean? He said, I'm raising an Elisha generation that's going to deal with childish behavior. But we don't judge by outward appearance. We don't judge by who's who in the zoo. We don't judge by how people look. Today, we've, put, we've got churches that only put the beautiful people on the platform. You've got to, They spend more time at the gym than they do in prayer because they've got to show their muscles in church. And I want to tell you, I'm not sort of having to go because of my own problems. But I, you know... <laughs> but but I want to to say to you while we need to be fit and we need to be healthy and to look good is fine we make it more about the price of the shoes than we do about walking in his shoes and and representing the power of God and I believe there's a childish behaviour that a new Elisha generation is not going to put up with religion it's not going to put up with politics it's not going to put up with carnality and we're going to be able to speak to the flesh and say that's got to die because we're going to build according to God's purpose. He's also raising a new prophetic voice. Number four, a new prophetic voice with the now word of the Lord. King Jehoshaphat of Judah asked if there was a prophet in the land. There was a king that hadn't paid his Jews with sheep. He's supposed to pay the king of Israel. It's a long story. We won't go into it. And so King Jehoshaphat says, we need to get the word of the Lord about what to do with this guy. And so they said, let's go and find Elisha because he is the guy that watered Elijah's hands another version says he's the guy that served Elijah you know people that serve well in one era get to lead and prophesy well in another and I want to tell you this is a fantastic thing where they go and get Elisha and they say to him come on get us now the word of the Lord I believe the prophetic word of the Lord to the nation is going to come from a new Elisha generation that God is raising up and eventually leaders of nations will listen All through the Bible, God raised up voices that spoke to heathen kings. And I believe there's gonna come a day, even in this country, And you may think, okay, because there's quite a lot of secular secular belief that people think is sacred and it's not sacred in just accepting everything that goes on. But I want to tell you there's a day coming, if churches like this keep praying, there's going to come a day when the oops factor happens, things get overstepped, and the church will be called in and say, can you come and advise us? Can you come and speak to us? A new prophetic voice is raising up. Number five, new prophetic worship. New prophetic worship. I believe with all my heart, every time I come here and I join your worship, it's more than just music. There's prayer that's gone behind it. And so the worship is like a sweet-smelling fragrance to God. And, you know, people can be healed during the worship. During our worship, people can make a decision to follow Christ without the altar call even starting. The decision's already made in the seat because during worship, the knowledge of God becomes real to people. And so what happened when they went and asked Elisha for advice and uh, King Jehoshaphat said, we need the word of the Lord. He said, well, get me a guitar, get me an instrument because we need to create worship to get the answer. Isn't that amazing? He says, go and get me an instrument. And I believe that worship is going to become so powerful in the kingdom of God. I, I ask community people to come and visit our church, and, and I'm not leading it now, but the current leaders are doing the same as we raise money for the community once a year. And they always cry during the worship because they say, it's not a show. How come you've got such good quality music, but it's not like a show? It's not like a concert. There's just, they say, there's an aura. People say there's something about it. And I believe the Elisha generation is going to create prophetic worship like we've never seen before. Number six, there is a pattern for leadership. In 2 Kings chapter 6, and I preach on this a lot, uh, I build on this chapter a lot, where the school of the prophets come to Elisha and they go, As you see, we see. Man, that's a big thing about a church. You've got to have apostolic vision, apostolic leadership, and then you have prophetic team. As you see, we, all of us, each one of us, want to take our own gifting, our own pole, and build with our own individual gifting, with our us anointing, under your apostolic leadership. I want to tell you, that's a generation that I see rising up. That it's not about who's who in the zoo. It's not about number one, number two, number three, number four. And if you behave, you'll become number three. And if you behave, no, no. There's just apostolic leadership and a powerful team. And that powerful team knows its individual pole that they carry. And I want to believe that's what God is going to do in the next few years. Apostolic leadership, prophetic fellowship, and individual servanthood. And that will build the church and a community and the city. And then the last one, number seven, is partnering with the community. So listen to this. 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. When Elisha was in his last illness. Have you ever thought about that? Here's a guy who everybody he prays for gets healed. Twice as many miracles as Elijah. And you know what? He's in his last illness. See, as Pentecostals, for those of us that understand what that means or... You know, believe in the power of God. I always believe in the power of God but I believe in the sovereignty of God that overrides everything and God has the final say and I want to tell you I'm still in my illness, I'm still working through stuff but I am going to keep prophesying and I want to tell you till the day Jesus takes me home and I hope that's a long way away, I'm believing for total healing but let me tell you, God's not going to have my fellowship based on Him responding to my need. He's got my fellowship no matter what, for better, for worse for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health and so here's Elisha in his last illness goes and meets with a king and the king cries his eyes out listen to this my father my father he wept over Elisha and called Elisha his father but it says in verse 10 of 2nd Kings 13 Jehoash reigned 16 years but he did what was evil in the Lord's eyes I'm going to say something maybe that is a little different but I believe churches like this and leadership like this can become friends with people that aren't walking with God in the community, in leadership, they don't live the life they should be living and yet we can keep bringing those seeds that one day they'll come back and cry and say, my father, my father, I am mentoring young men, or not so young, men and women in our city who are not walking with God, they come into my home and some of them, the language is unbelievable, but my wife and I have decided we're going to ignore that and we're just going to keep sowing the seeds because one day they're going to cry my father my father we need you to speak into our lives and the elisha generation just to repeat it again the elisha generation is going to pave a way for a new generation and a new era it's going to purify polluted things it's going to put an end to childish behavior when it comes to um the churchy and stuff oh you know how come he's not he shouldn't be preaching he's got a tattoo You know, we can't judge by outward appearance because people are going to come in that come from some pretty broken backgrounds and all kinds of things. And Jesus takes them the way they are and turns them into incredible trophies of his grace. And I believe we're going to see trophies of God's grace and we need to put away childish behavior. You know, I've seen people leave the church because I've been involved in a church where people have left because so many new people have come in and now they can't have their old seat that they used to have. Really? Really? We, we have to have our special seat? Well, these are our seats. These are the members' seats. This is not the football club. This is the family of faith. And I believe that we're going to put away childish behaviour. There's going to be a new prophetic voice. I am praying right now for me to get, have prophetic words for our government leaders. I've already contacted the Premier of South Australia a couple of times and said, I really believe this. I actually rang him and prophesied he would become the Premier. And he said to me, I actually don't think that's going to happen. I said, Steve, you are our next premier. And he, against all odds, was voted in. And I want to tell you, I believed that the result yesterday in Australia was going to go the way it did. I actually felt that in my heart. I I wasn't cocky about it, and I wasn't overpushing it, because I could have been wrong. You're going to be open to being wrong. But in my heart, I felt it was an oops thing, where the devil had overstepped his mark. And let me tell you, Jesus gets the final say. Arise, Elisha generation. Prophetic worship, wow, this is a great house for that. Prophetic voice, prophetic worship, pattern for leadership. And partner with the community. And I want to tell you, that's the Elisha generation. That God showed me, I believe, when I went home from that night, seeing all those people praying in the rain, and I felt like, no, the best days for our nations are not uh, not in the hands of the community in the world. They're in the hands of the church. The church gets the final say. You guys are poised for something great. And uh, I'm 15 minutes early. How's that? I really don't have... I tell you, you know what we're going to do? Oh, Jesus, I can feel it right now. Can we stand? And I want as many of you that are in leadership or anyone really that wants to just come down the front in just a moment, we're going to pray the rain down. We're going to pray for God to send his rain. We're going to pray that the Elisha generation will emerge. And and Elisha is just one picture. There's so many Joshua generation. It's not just about Elisha. It's just a picture. But we're going to worship for a couple of minutes. And then as we start to worship, if you want to come and join me at the front, we're just going to, this is a, a House that loves to pray we 're just going to pray for a few minutes for revival the rain to come on this land in an elisha anointing like we 've never seen before, but also the elijah's to rise up and stand up and say, How long will you waver between two opinions? I believe in the Holy Spirit this morning that there are people here that you 've been asking God what shall I, should, should I do and I believe God wants you to have the spirit of elisha that 's willing to serve other people 's visions and to be able to come to your leaders even this week i 'm prophet for right now, to come to your leaders and say, look, I'm available. I want to water somebody's hands. I'll do whatever. Pick someone up from the airport, cook in the kitchen, stand on the door. Let's never say what's the important ministry and what's not the important. It's all important. And if we can't water somebody else's hands, we're never going to be able to wear the double portion. And I want a double portion because I want a single vision. And because of that single vision, I will serve someone else's vision. And in doing that, God will take care of me. So as we start to worship, come and join me in prayer. If want and we're just going to pray in just a moment before i hand back in jesus name father we thank you thank you guys just lead us in a worship song and then we're going to pray jesus come jesus come jesus come jesus
1: come yes god i want more of you god yes god i want more of you
0: god yes god Set a
1: fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of You, God. I want more of You, God. Yes, Lord. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of You, God. Yes, God. I want more of You,
0: God.
1: Yes, Jesus. Set a fire down in my soul. Yes, Lord. That I can't contain.
0: Yes, that I God can't
1: control. I
0: want more of you, God.
1: Yes, Jesus. I want more yes. of you, God. Yes. Set a fire down in my soul. Yes, that Lord. I can't contain. That I can't control. I want more of you, God. Yes, Lord. Set a fire down in yes. my soul that I can't contain, yes. that I can't control. I want more of you God Set a fire, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would
0: I'm just going to count to three. And at the count of three, let's all lift our voices here this morning. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to send fire from heaven to touch our nation, to touch the nations. This church is being sent to other nations, not just this one. It is New Zealand and beyond. And so let's pray for an anointing to come. I see this church as a bending church, which means that we bend to the will of God, no matter what man says. It's a sending church. We will send whoever we need to send to be able to do the work. And we're a blessing church. We're gonna bless the body and we're gonna bless the community. And we're gonna be known for that Elijah your anointing, that what we touch comes to life. What we touch gets resurrected. So at the count of three, we're going to pray. Okay. One, two, three. Father, we thank You today that Lord, You are God, God of the universe. We come to You today and we ask You, Lord, to pour out Your Spirit, Lord Jesus, on this nation and nations beyond Father I thank you for Church Unlimited today I thank you for the anointing that you've put on this house we thank you Lord for what you've called this house to do and Father we just pray today in the name of Jesus that you will come Lord and release leaders release people that Lord have a posture of the miraculous Father I pray the prophetic word will go out of this place my childish behaviour be handled by the anointing on this house to speak into the body of Christ Father I pray that there's a new river. I pray that there'll be a fresh parting of the waters. Father, I pray that you come and purify polluted things. Father, we pray for a new anointing of raised up leadership. We pray, Lord, for connection with the community. I pray that all the things that Elisha was able to do will, Lord, flow out of church unlimited. We thank You, Father, for the anointing that You want to pour out through this place. Father God, I just pray. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I just want to prophesy this morning that God is going to use this house, I really believe this, to um, bring people back to what's the basics of the power of God. I believe God's calling this house to speak to the rest of the body of Christ. You'll be known in this nation as the people of purity. You'll be known in this nation as the people of power. You'll be known in this place as a people of passion for prayer and fasting, the things that some churches now see as old-fashioned. You're going to be seen as a church releasing these anointings, and people are going to come to conferences in the future that hardly used to pray, and they go home, and something's been seeded in them. I said to Pastor Tark last night that I believe I'm going home with a deeper, deeper drawing for more prayer and more time with Jesus. It's not out of works. It's not out of pushing. It's not out of have to. It's not out of copying to be a cookie cutter. It's out of a deeper hunger and cry that God, if you give me life, and I believe he is, even through everything that I've been, I want to be a proper voice for you. I don't want to be a fake voice. I want to be a true voice. And I thank Church Unlimited for putting that seed in me. Thank you, Pastor Tark. God has seen the times in private where you've cried out for more. You love your people and you never wanna push them. You love your people and you don't want them to go further. And yet the cry of your heart is that the people will themselves have a revelation of the power of God and how it can impact their lives, their workplace. Father, I pray today that the workplaces, the businesses in this church will be so blessed, Father, because of their surrender to You. Father, I pray double portion over every business, double portion over finance, finances double portion over house buying a double portion over children oh wow the holy spirit's just asking me right now to pray for all of you that have got kids away from god if you've got kids away from god if we can put our hands down so i can see the hands those of you that have got family members that are not walking with jesus will you lift up your hands right wow 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 heavenly father we call our kids home right now we call our family members home right now may the double portion draw them back father may they become part of this new army of authentic Christianity. And may they come home to Jesus. Father, some of them need to come for the first time. But Father, bring them home, we pray. May we see double or more multiplication of what we've seen before, I pray in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a big hand of praise. Oh, there he is. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care.